Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. All right, gang, wherever you are and however you may be listening, welcome to the Masters edition of the Sports Rivals. For Ernie, this is Monty, and we are ready to talk sports. So, Ernie, I thought we were going to be celebrating a North Carolina championship. So let's let's close the NCAA talking about the final on Monday. Um, Gotta be euphoria in the first half as North Carolina jumps out to a 16-point lead only to see Kansas come crashing back. So tell me from a fan of North Carolina what you went through, the torment you went through that night. It, 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 was, it was Baylor to the nth degree, basically. I mean, when Baylor came back earlier, when they played Baylor earlier in the, the tournament, that was like heart-wrenching for me. But in this case, you didn't get, you didn't get manic, you know, being tossed out and... Uh, JR being fouled out. I mean, they basically had everything in place. Uh, they didn't stick with what got them that lead in the first half. They 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 took terrible shots. Uh, I mean, good good for the Jayhawks. They you know did they, they made the adjustment. They started you know really attacking the rim. Brown had a terrific uh, you know first. I don't know, five, ten minutes. I mean, he started going off. And, yeah, gut-wrenching. I I didn't eat until I, an hour afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. Well, see, I was... I mean, for those of you that watched the game, and I'm sure millions of you, in fact, all of you probably watched the game, when you, at halftime, my train of thought was exactly what Charles Barkley was saying. I mean, we alluded that to that in last week's show where I thought Kansas was going to speed them up and try to wear them down. And in the first half, after a quick 7-0 start, North Carolina completely dictated the pace of play. One, they dominated the rebounds like they always do, but they dictated the pace of play. In the second half, Kansas played with desperation from the start, and they wiped out that 15-point lead in like seven minutes. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest of the game, it was nip and tuck and back and forth. But they went full court press. And you could see North Carolina getting tired. And then by getting sped up, it caused R.J. Davis and Caleb Love to start rushing and taking bad shots. Because they were so sped up. And then you had, again, Caleb Love, he is the X factor. He went 5 for 24 in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and RJ Davis went like 5 for 17, and one of them has to dominate, and that didn't happen. And yet they only lost by three. No, I mean, they still had a chance to win all the way to the end. They did. And it, it came down to shot selection. The shot, shot selection, they, they, I, I really didn't think what they, they tried to slow down the game and, you know, wait until like the last 10 seconds before they actually made an offensive move. Hopefully to drive the uh, the uh, the ball to the basket and kick out, but I didn't see that. I didn't see the drive to the basket kick out, and that's normally what they did. They tried to drive to the basket and then they stepped back and they they took that shot. They really didn't draw the defense in, which didn't give you know uh, them enough. Uh, they didn't draw in the, the perimeter defense in, and. Therefore, you got contested shot after contested shot after contested shot, which wasn't happening in the first half. 
So that was the fresh. You, you saw as a fan, you saw as as a fan what they needed to do. The execution just wasn't there, and that's what that for me as a North Carolina fan, that was the most. That was the frustrating part because you saw what they needed to do, and they were just not doing it. They were the execution just wasn't there. I mean, for those of you who follow. Uh, us on uh, social media on Twitter I was commenting that at halftime uh, Hubert Davis was putting on a coaching clinic mm-hmm. far out coaching Bill Self but credit Bill Self I mean he made the necessary adjustments um, in order to win and uh, you Kansas fans sure let me hear it man that oh. <laughs> why is Bill Self now giving Hubert Davis a coaching clinic hey Credit, I, I give credit where credit was due. In the first half, North Carolina dominated the first half in all phases, whether it be the players and the coaching. They did. They were dominating. In the second half, Bill Self came back. Kansas came back, played with the urgency that they should have had the whole game, enabled them to pull off a squeaker. You yeah. know, 72-69, considering that North Carolina, they went a little bit deeper because Puff Johnson went crazy. He did, he did. They got an unexpected boost from yeah. Puff Johnson until he vomited all over the floor. Yeah. But that's the example <laughs> of just that exhaustion. Um, you could see it on Baycock's face. You could see it on Davis's face. Caleb Love seems to be able to run all day, yeah. all night. Yeah. The shots just weren't falling for him uh, on Monday night. So Kansas wins their second national championship under Bill Self. Um, North Carolina falls just short. So within the last six years, North Carolina has a title and two second place finishes. Three of the last six years, they've been in the final. And as it looks right now, the entire team, including Leaky Black, may come back. I mean, no one has said that they're going to turn pro. Leaky Black hasn't said if he wants to take advantage of his COVID year. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they all come back or not. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read that far. I've distanced myself from actually this game. <laughs> I still think Caleb Love is going to take advantage of, of of where he is right now. I think he wanted to go last year when he had no chance. So I think he's going to want to go now. I've seen him sneaking into the back end of some round ones right. now. Um, but before the tournament, or even on Monday, if you looked at the, the draft rankings, none of the North Carolina players are in the top 60. Right. None of them. Right. Um, so it looks like Baycock will come back. And to me, if you got Davis and Baycock, you got you got a nice foundation there. Manic is not going to come back, um, so Manic is definitely going to leave, um, and they're going to miss him because he was so much better than anybody could have imagined coming from Oklahoma to what he did in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. He definitely fit fit in seamlessly, and now they know what they have in Pop Johnson, and of course, you know this will probably be a re- uh, a recruiting boost not only through the high school level but on you know on the college portal side, you know. Uh, Hubert Davis first year yeah. terrific this gives me such big hopes you know falling off of Roy Williams you know his success over there at North Carolina so uh, you know as I, I'm hurting right now even a, almost a week after it, it it still pains me to actually think about the game I just look at all you know what when you have something in in your grasp and it's it's right there and and you have a good grip on it 16 point lead is a good grip and it just gets taken away from you. <laughs> that's that's tough to take. So yeah. for, for all you North Carolina fans, I feel you, man. I, I, I really do. But you know what? Uh, the future looks bright. 
It really does. I mean, so let's talk real briefly before we shut this down about next year, the early look for next year. I mean, Mike Gonzaga Bulldogs, Drew Timmy announced that he is turning pro. So they're going to be in trouble because Holmgren, I can't imagine he's not going to turn pro. He hasn't announced anything yet, but inevitably he's going to leave. And then Bolton and Nebhart will leave. Um, this is going to be a rebuilding job that they really haven't had to go through in the last couple of years. They're going to be guard heavy. They still have Hunter Salas and Nolan Hickman, top 20 recruits from last year that's going to have to step up. They have Strother and then Dominic Harris, but all guards, nothing inside. Right. So they're going to need a transfer portal guy and, there. And, and I, I heard Strother might, might test the waters. I, I, I heard he's a, a late first round pick and that he might go well, we'll see. I mean, I, I haven't seen that. And to me, he's in a real advantageous position to to stay and be the star next mm-hmm. year. Um, I don't think he's ready, but you never know. I mean, sometimes you just want to up and move on. Yeah. So, so Gonzaga is going to have their work to do. Duke has the number one recruiting class in the nation this year. And Ernie, I just checked before I came because I saw it for next year already for 2023. Duke now has commitments from five five-star players. Five of the top 21 players in the nation in the class of 2023 mm-hmm. have already committed to Duke. So John Shire <laughs> is definitely off to a flying start recruit-wise. So that would be crazy. But, but we all know it's been a long time since a team dominated by freshmen have actually won a national championship. I think you have to go back to the Anthony Davis days uh, with Kentucky when they actually won a title. Um, and then with Duke, they had they had that title with uh, with Tyus Jones and uh, Jamil Okafor that won a championship. But recently, it's been a challenge. It's been teams like Kansas with a lot of experience, yeah. teams like North Carolina yeah. with a lot of experience, Virginia. Baylor Baylor last year, Virginia. tons of experience, Virginia the year yeah. before. Tons of experience. So um, it remains to be seen. It'll make them exciting. But at the end of the day, can it win you the chip? And recently, it really seems like you need a balance. If not even a balance. You need a significant amount of your team to be experienced players. I, I, I agree. I think I spoke about that in regards to North Carolina's success in the Final Four. You know, they don't normally come out with the, with the top recruiting class. But like you said, they've been through this Final Four more often than, uh, I would say, in, la- in the last six years, they've been the most successful program to hit the Final Four. You can easily say that. Yeah, and, and the mystery of why the Big Ten has struggled for decades now, it's been over 20 years since Michigan State has won. So you have Kansas winning this year, Big 12. You have Baylor winning last year, Big 12. You have Virginia winning in 2019, ACC. They beat Texas Tech. Big 12. Um, Big 12 looks to be stepping up as the basketball conference. And and if you ask the public which conference is the best, unless you're an avid, avid, avid Dick Vitale type fan, very few people are going to say Big 12. But they are the ones producing the championships right now. Yeah, It it comes in trends. I mean, before you had the Big East dominating that. Oh, they're the other one that has won because Villanova's won twice. So you have the ACC, I mean, the Big East twice. You have the ACC and then the Big 12 the other times. And and, uh, 
uh, North Carolina's win. Mm -hmm. So two ACC, two Big East, two Big 12, but Big 12 is trending now to dominate. So congratulations to the Kansas Jayhawks, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, to all of you Kansas fans. Uh, Congratulations to North Carolina. No one expected them to be in the final, but once you get there, I think we both expected them to pull it off, especially at halftime. (laughs) I mean, I almost texted you to say, hey, congratulations, and I didn't want to jinx it, so I did it. Um, I would have answered. Yeah, but I felt... I felt really bad for all the North Carolina fans. So congratulations to Kansas. Now, Ernie, I think the biggest news of the week, when we talked about this last week, it was like a possibility to happen. But the Masters has kicked off. And gang, as we did a couple of weeks ago, we are recording on Friday because of a a trip that has to be taken by, by one of us. Tiger Woods has been the story of the Masters Mm -hmm. because of the remarkable comeback that he has made he's not leading but he is definitely the talk of the masters he he is and he's got all the video coverage i mean i was watching the last two days and you know what he's he's getting all the pub i mean they're not even focused on the leaders right now it's if you're in tigers group playing you're getting a lot of airtime on top of that so and deservedly so he brings this this is i mean everybody if, if you're a golfer you owe Tiger Woods at least 10% of whatever you win because he's brought golf to a, a different level. You're, if Tiger Woods never existed, you're not seeing the purses you're seeing right now. The endorsement money that's been brought into this game uh, is astronomical. I mean, the viewership, it's now cool. It's chic to become a golfer. Before, it was an elitist sport, uh, almost a nerdy sport, if you could say that. Uh, Tiger Woods has brought it to the forefront, and he is he is doing well. If that guy can win the U.S. Open with the ailments that he had when when that probably happened, what's wrong with a reconstructed uh, leg? <laughs> I mean, first of all, I would think that the ratings for these first two rounds have to be spectacular yeah. because I didn't think people really thought he would come back. And when he started to play well on Thursday... Um, I would have to... You could see the gallery. It's huge following him. Um, But the ratings have to be huge. It is remarkable. At 46 years old, the drawing power that he still has. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for somebody... Gang, I've had hip replacement. And watching Tiger kind of reminded me of watching myself at soccer (laughs) practices where he's hobbling. And I just... I didn't know if he was going to have enough to do back-to-back. And he started off today like plus four through five yeah, holes and then he slowly made it back to close the day at plus one um it remains to be seen can he really put because it's like a six miles of walking oh, yeah. can he do that for four consecutive days um it remains to be seen i really don't think that he has any prayer of winning i mean he's right now he's nine shots back because the guy in the in the in the lead has yeah, been yeah, he's been hot. He's won three tournaments recently, and he's continuing that hot streak. He's up five strokes, but Tiger is definitely the story. What he's done is nothing short of remarkable, considering where he was fourteen months ago, near death, near amputation. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was going to say that. Yeah, he was, he was ready to get his, uh, you know, body parts removed, but. But you can see he's really worked on his upper body because oh, yeah. he looks com- he doesn't look like a 46 no, year old. He looks really, not. really fit. And apparently once he got out of the hospital bed, which he was in for three months after the surgery, he has not missed a single day of rehabilitation and workouts. 
every single day since he got out of the hospital bed. So that kind of competitive drive is is stunning. I mean, he has nothing left to prove, yet he's working that hard to come back. And then with no practice rounds, really, other than what he played, no tournaments, to be at one over par when Jordan Spieth and Kepka and DeChambeau and, and many of these big names have missed the cut, Tiger's still right there in the top 20. Yeah, and, and he, could have done, he could have done better. I mean, when I watched him this morning, he didn't have any limb. But towards the ending of the round, you could see that there was a slight hitch in, in his walk. So it was definitely wearing on him. I know he's doing all those... Uh, those ice baths and whatnot. So hopefully that, uh, you know, hopefully that can uh, make him last all four rounds. I mean, we'll have to really check to see. I'm really interested to see how uh, his his therapy, his, uh, you know, rejuvenation uh, uh, routines put him in position over this weekend. But I, I know that guy can play through pain. It, it's, it, it's been seen and it's been done. And even though he... he even if Scheffler does extend his lead, which uh, I'm kind of thinking, I mean, it's it, and it's only him because he he's he's eight under. The rest mm-hmm. of the field is within striking. Oh yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're only. I mean, between Tiger and the guy who's in second is only a four shot difference. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's two holes if yeah, you exactly. if you put it in the creek. That's one. That's that's amen corner on Tiger's side and amen corner on on the opposite ends of other guy. You know, on on the on the field and. They're right there, and and Tiger left some birdies on the course today. I mean, he had some, he had some tap-in pars, which I believe he should have he should have made. So that second half of his round, he did very well. After opening up uh, four over in the first five holes, I was kind of thinking, oh, too bad. I I hate for him to miss the cutoff of this. Then once he once he hit that, uh, I think he had a birdie on the ninth or something. That's when it started to turn around. And then he went through aim in corner. He just went gangbusters. And I, I, you know what? And that was so amazing to see. Yeah. I mean, because after, yeah. after the, the start, it's like, okay. I mean, reality is sitting in. But that, that grit, that grinding mentality, that mental toughness and fortitude that has always been what separates Tiger Woods from really everybody else, you could see it on display. So I hope he stays in contention. If he can get close and if Scheffler comes back, but that guy looks like he's just on another planet right now Uh, he's playing really really well but if tiger can just stay in contention and get to sunday relevant that would be just an incredible story in and of itself i am floored at what he has done over the first two days Uh, i mean he he makes guys he he makes this look easy it's not (laughs) this is this is this is uh this is medical mystery you know, time with him. I mean, you normal people can't do this. I mean, I mean, he's not normal. He's superhuman. But even superhuman people don't do this. This this is basically Adrian Peterson. If you're an NFL guy coming back from an ACL and then leading the the NFL in rushing. That, this is that type of rehab and success. Were you talking about just the latest in a line of catastrophic injuries? Yes. Now, this one was the worst because he almost died and he almost got amputated. But he has back, you know, fusion, fusion surgery back. in his back. His ACL has been torn. Um, his wife beat him with a club. I mean, <laughs> he's had so Ouch. many catastrophic injuries. 
Um, it's just, it, it is, it is truly, truly, truly remarkable. I have nothing but extreme admiration for the grit, grind, and determination of a 46-year-old Tiger Woods. One over par in the top 20, just four shots out of second place. Um, just remarkable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love to mention a lot of other players. They're good plays. I mean, last year's championship uh, champion, he... he Hideki. Battling a bulging disc in his yeah, own neck. Yeah, he, he hasn't played recently. He's not going to play for a month after this, but he's still right he's, there. He's, he's there. Uh, the, the young kid from Korea, Im, mm-hmm. uh, he, he's, he's doing remarkable. I love his, I love his humble attitude. So, but it, it's going to be, it, it's Tiger. It's, he's going to make, he's going to make this Masters uh, at least one to remember, win, lose, or draw. All right, as much as Tiger has been the story in the Masters in the golf world, but Ernie, we are down to the last weekend of the NBA. Big game for your Celtics against Milwaukee. Tough loss without Jason Tatum the other day. That may have locked them in to the three or the four spot, maybe right. even with, uh, with the Memphis game coming up. So Miami has clinched the number one seed. Mm-hmm. And gang, we're going to focus on the East because the West is pretty clear cut at this point in time. Um, Miami's number one. Two, three, and four are still up for grabs, although Milwaukee really has... Um, they have the tiebreaker. They have the, they have the tiebreaker, yeah. and they seem to have the easiest path to right. get there. Right. Uh, and then it's going to be your Celtics and the Sixers. So tell me what you're thinking right now in regards to your Celtics as we get down and get ready for the playoffs. Well, the Celtics have lost, two, I, I think, two of their last four, and, and, and the two losses were on the road. To Toronto and Milwaukee, uh, the one to uh, at Toronto, they were without four starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one to Milwaukee uh, yesterday was they were without three. Starters. Well, let me ask you because I wasn't aware that Tatum was going to sit out until I turned it on, and he wasn't playing. Why didn't he play? Uh, tendinopathy, but I believe he, here's my conspiracy theory, and it's I don't think it's a theory. I, I I think it's I think it's legit. I think part of it is they want rest. Uh, for the playoffs, but the bigger thing is, you know, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. I Trying mean, to avoid them. Exactly. I think the easier, they, I, I think the easier path to for for the Celtics, uh, especially without a, a healthy Rob Williams right now, is to avoid the the Brooklyn Nets because right now without Rob Williams, they they are winning. You know, they did smoke the Washington uh, Capitals out there, and, uh, but that's the Washington Capitals. They're not going to be. They're not going to be uh, uh, playoff bound, but their defense—they've been allowing over 110 points since Rob Williams. Yeah, he makes he makes a big difference. So, I mean, I at the end of the day, the goal is to win the chip, right. not just to win a first round thing. So, to me, it's still ludicrous to think that you're going to try to avoid Brooklyn and give up the two seed. Because at the end of the day, if you at some point, you're going to have to go to Milwaukee now, mm-hmm. or you're going to have to play the Nets at some point anyway. So to me, the higher up you go and the more, with a young team especially, the more you can have home court advantage, the better it is I for agree. you. So it would be a little crazy to me if they were trying to take it easy. Now, I understand trying to get Tatum right. And maybe you're confident that the way that they've been playing, that if he's right, they can beat anyone anywhere. And that's probably true. I mean, they've played... What's weird about the whole Milwaukee situation is it's two games each. But I don't think in any of the four games that all of the players play. I think early on, I know Giannis didn't play in the in the Boston game because my sister flew there to see him play. Mm-hmm. And he sat out that game. 
Tatum didn't play this game. Middleton wasn't there in the beginning of the year. So mm-hmm. I don't think both of these teams have played each other at full strength yet. Yeah. So we really don't know yeah. exactly what would happen in a seven-game series. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, uh, there. It's gonna be. It's. You're. You're right on top of that. I mean, playing. Playing uh, a lot of the reserves, and you know that they're going to cut down on the rotation on top of that. So, you know, it's going to be a, a lot of minutes to the starters and not going that deep into your bench. But when you haven't, when you haven't seen Brooks Lopez, you know, we haven't, we haven't seen him until, he, you know, like these last two weeks. Uh, and, and, you, and you don't know how to attack them. Uh, and they don't know how to attack you, you know, especially with Boston. And, you know, they've changed a lot since their previous, previous three meetings. Uh, there's a lot of question marks. I mean, so it's going to be a lot of live and learn, uh, a lot of tape on the, on the first round matches if both of these teams, you know, do get out of the first rounds, which we all anticipate. Uh, and it's, you know, it's going to be C from there. But I, I think there, I think it's going to be a good matchup. You know, both coaches, well, it remains to see. Boston has one more game this Sunday against the, the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies have, have nothing, nothing to, to play to, for. Yeah, exactly. So I got to think that they're going to sit everyone on, exactly. on Sunday. It wouldn't make sense for them not to. So I think Boston's going to be able to win that one. Uh, and they have the tiebreaker over Philadelphia, Philadelphia, don't they? You know, So if they win, they're going to be in the third spot. Philadelphia will be four. But if your theory is correct, um, maybe they bench everybody and they find a way to lose to Memphis if they want to slip into that four spot. Because... If you're avoiding Brooklyn, if Brooklyn is going to be seven, and we'll get to that in a little bit, if they're going to be seven, they're going to play two first, and then if they win, they're going to play the three next, which mm-hmm. would still be Boston. If Boston goes to four, it's them against Toronto, and if they win, they get Miami. Mm-hmm. So I hope they're not playing that game because you all, it's always a curse. When you try to play to play somebody, bad things tend to happen. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I'm not a... Well, it's easier for me to say I'm not playing in the game, but, you know, Brooklyn has showed me that they can't stop anybody. And, you know, we've seen Durant and Irving both go off and still lose the game. So, I, I mean, I think whoever Brooklyn plays, whoever they're matched up with, uh, if they get out of the play-in tournament, uh, is going to be uh, a losing battle. But I do think they do have the, you know, they do have the, the firepower to at least win a game or two. So I think that's that, that's what I've heard. I, I heard that they want to sweep their first round, get a little bit more rest, and let uh, whoever matches up with Brooklyn get them to at least a six-game series and let attrition be take advantage on that side. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, Brooklyn is playing well now. I mean, they're on a three-game winning streak. It looks like they're going to have that seven spot, which last week they were in the 10th spot. Mm-hmm. So as the seventh spot, they're going to play Cleveland. I cannot see Cleveland, who is struggling right now. Evan Mobley did come back today, but he's been out. He's been nicked up. Uh, I think Brooklyn is going to beat Cleveland and advance. So they're going to be the seventh seed. And so whether it be Milwaukee, which it looks like, that is going to be one hell of a first-round matchup for Milwaukee. So we'll take a look at that. Then it looks like it's going to be Atlanta and Charlotte in the 9-10 game. Now, that could be determined who's going to be the 9, who's going to be the 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, if Cleveland does lose to Brooklyn, they'd have one more chance by beating the winner of the Charlotte-Atlanta thing. I still see Atlanta coming out of that somehow. Yeah. So to me, Atlanta would be the 8th seed and Brooklyn would be the 7th seed. So what I wanted to ask you, Ernie, is we're going to make those assumptions unless you don't agree with that. No, no, Can I- we assume that Brooklyn will be 7, Atlanta will be 8? Mm-hmm. Let's try to 
for fun, take a look at these matchups. Atlanta, Miami, who wins? Miami, easily, in, in my opinion. Well, not easily. I think Atlanta, the way they've been playing, Trey can go off anytime. I mean, that, that's the scary part. I mean, think of him as the, the tiny Durant. I mean, when the ball's going in for him, that guy is uh, uh, dangerous. They're long. The rest of the team is long, very athletic. So, uh they can probably take a game or two. Miami is just too disciplined, I believe. And you know what? I think they've recently they they they've brought on Max Struess off the bench. He's taking Duncan Duncan Robinson's yeah. spot, and he's, he's shooting the ball and, well. And he's, yeah, he's taking it. He's taking it to uh, the pre-Duncan level. I mean, he's playing. He's he's and they're. they're Ever since that happened, they've been playing. They've been well. playing well, and then Hero's playing well off the bench. Duncan Robinson's been playing well, better coming off the bench. So maybe taking that pressure of uh, pressing too much has been good for him. Um, I agree that I think Miami would win that series, but man, the Hawks proved to me last year that they can rise to the occasion. And Miami is so sensitive to some guys that get injured, like if Lowry or especially Butler were to get nicked up or have to miss a game. That would be really problematic. But I would agree. I think Miami would win that in, in say, six or seven at the, at the latest. Yeah, I'd be surprised if it goes to seven. I've, I've just seen Lowry too much when he played at Toronto. The guy looks like he's beatable or, or like he, he's really playing at his age. Playoff comes around and it looks like the fountain of youth. That yeah. guy just comes out. He in the turns ball. it on. Same thing with Butler. Butler, I mean, mm-hmm. he... Uh, you've seen how, how animated he is with, his, with, his, with that uh, coaching debacle that when he was... Uh, fighting off with Spolstra. I think when the playoffs come around, those two guys will show up. I, I agree. So the other one would be, again, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Um, I would favor Milwaukee here. I think mm-hmm. Milwaukee, to me, Milwaukee is still the team to beat in the East because they have the best player to me. Giannis is the best player, two-way player right now. Uh, he's playing really, really well. Whether he wins the MVP or not is, is, is left to be desired. But I think they have enough balance both offensively and defensively to find a way to beat Brooklyn in six. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I, I, if that's the matchup, I hope it goes six. I can easily see Milwaukee sweep the Nets. I mean, it's just a, it's just a matter of can Kyrie and Durant... Uh, you know, take over the game because it's it's not going to be won by their reserves. I, I, you know what? They're just too nicked up. Harrison is, Harrison is gone. I, I mean, Curry, yeah, he's there, but he, you know, he, he's to me, he's he, he, he's a fifth person in on a normal team. As as dynamic as Kyrie is, I think over the course of a series, the physicality of Drew Holiday. Yeah. is going to be a problem. Yeah, I agree. Because even last year, I mean, he he before Kyrie got hurt, Holiday was giving him some trouble. You can't stop Durant. Durant went crazy last year, and they're not going to stop Durant this year. Um, but I think Holiday can make it hard enough on Kyrie that over the course of a series, he'll wear him down. Yeah, I agree on top of that. Smart did that. He had a you know an off-shooting night uh, when the Boston Celtics, you know, uh, played when when Kyrie first came back when him and Durant played the Boston and Boston Boston beat them. I think it's the same could be said. I mean, and, and you know what, Milwaukee, you might say they they have the the tenth best defense in the NBA. It's not it's not top five. Lopez is back. He makes a difference. Just like Williams, when Williams for Boston was there, they were number one. When he's gone, a lot that's 
10 points right there. So watch out. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Lopez does make a difference. And let's be honest. I mean, Milwaukee won the title last year. And I think once you win a title, you tend to take the regular season not as seriously. Can they flip that switch? I believe that they are. So your Celtics in the third spot would be playing the Bulls. I'd give the Bulls one game. And I think the Celtics roll over them. The Bulls are limping into the playoffs right now. I would expect Boston to have their way with the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they could have... They could have beat them by 40 the other night. I mean, they did You know what? It, it, it was, yeah. The Bulls are just not clicking. I mean, even with the Rosen going off, I mean, they still found it very hard. Zach Levine, I give it that he's just coming back. Maybe he's not in sync. Vucevic is... He's struggling right he now. He is. He's, he's struggling mightily. And you know what? You, you don't have uh, Lonzo there, and you have Caruso coming back from an injury. Their defense is not up to a where shadow it was. Yeah, a, a shadow, shadow of what itself. It used to be yeah. in the, when they were having success. So, yeah, maybe one. I, I mean, I so from from that perspective, I get maybe Boston saying, "Hey, you know what? The Bulls are going to be an easy out." But like like we talked about, at the end of the day, it's about winning the chip, not winning one round. Right. So I think they would handle that one. Now the Philadelphia Raptor one is sneaky interesting yeah. to me because the Raptors are playing well. Siakam is balling. Trent is balling. Um, Van Fleet, you know what you're going to get out of him. It would be an interesting battle because it'll it'll be Embiid you know, on one side, and then you'll have the Siakams and, and the Van Fleets. And Harden is still not playing that well. Yeah. Um, that would be a seven-game series to me that I don't know which one would win at this point in time. I agree with you 100% on top of that. I mean, Toronto is just sneaky. They are sneaky good. I mean, they, they are well coached. Well, Let's not forget Nick Nurse won a title just a couple of years back. Yeah, he did. And you could you could say all what you say, yeah, but they had Kawhi and whatnot, and they had Lowry back then. But hey, they still push. I'm telling you right now. He, you might you might not not like Nick Nurse. He complains a lot. That guy gets 110 percent out of each of his players. Scotty Barnes in in the discussion for Rookie of the Year. He, as far as uh, lighting a fire, he is number one out of the rookies. That guy's got an incredible attitude. He brings it every night. Mm -hmm. And a lot of defensive ability, too. Siakam, if Siakam doesn't make one of the NBA All-Star teams, I mean, All-NBA teams, I'll, I'll be shocked. He's, his second half of the season is incredible. It's been amazing. It's been amazing. And let's not forget, because Philadelphia right now went to Toronto, right? And lost. And because and Thibel couldn't play for yeah. undisclosed reasons. Right. So let's not forget, in Canada, you have to be vaccinated. So if that's going to be a series, then Thibel, their best defensive player on the entire team, mm-hmm. would be missing all the games in Toronto as an unvaccinated player. If it's just him. Yeah, if it's just him and if he just didn't take, take the shot. I believe he had to have taken the shot by the sixth in order to at least... Uh, be eligible for game one so at the very least even if he does get vaccinated he's out at least the first game so we'll see where that that stands if that's a matchup but you're right i mean i i don't know who to pick on top of that one other than to say it's gonna go seven you know so in the west i still think it's phoenix Uh, i still think they're gonna they're gonna roll through the west uh your sneaky pick the dallas mavericks continue to play well mm-hmm. i mean I, did they beat portland by 50 today i think i think they were up 50 at one point um 
they are closing in on the Golden State Warriors. I mean, they are right there a half a game back, depending on what Golden State does. And Golden State has some challenging games, San Antonio and the Pelicans. Um, two teams that could be motivated to lock down that ninth spot and the home court advantage. So if Dallas can get into that third spot, I think that's key because we talked about it last week. You want to avoid Phoenix right. as long as possible. So if you can get them in the finals, you have a better shot than if you get them in the second round. But right now, there's still no John Morant. Um, but Memphis continues to play amazingly well. Mm-hmm. So right now, if we had to, just based on how things look, it's the Timberwolves and the Clippers. I believe um, that's going to be a good game. I, I believe both of those teams probably end up in the playoffs now that Paul George is back. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe not. But I think between Minnesota and Clippers, I could see either of them winning. And then the Pelicans against the Spurs. I would lean Pelicans at this point in time because CJ, since CJ McCollum has been there, they've been playing well. Um, but it's hard to tell. I don't see Denver being much of a threat to beat Phoenix. I don't see Utah as much of a threat. Um, Curry's still not back so will Golden State be able to do as much as was expected of them in the playoffs that remains to be seen so you could be right it could be Luka providing the biggest obstacle to the Phoenix Suns yeah, I, I mean no matter what happens you're not going to sweep Dallas their defense is too good second to Boston since the break I mean since since January the, the second best at least statistical wise I mean and, and if you play good defense travels folks you can have an off-shooting night, but you always defense is the more consistent factor. So if they're always in the game, you cannot tell me that Luca's gonna have four bad games in a row. Uh, that guy just has magic. I mean, uh, uh, from a personal level, I've seen him kill kill last-minute shots against the Celtics. So uh, they'll 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 be in there if they reach you know the Western Conference Finals. They're gonna give uh, Phoenix a lot, but I. I uh, that that's how I peg it right now. I don't see Golden State, uh, you know, bouncing back. Uh, to me, Jordan Poole has been playing as well as Curry has. Yeah. And you know, and they've been struggling. So I mean, uh, so I I just don't see it anymore. I think Clay has lost a step. He's not as consistent as he was. Draymond got hurt. He's not the best defense. He doesn't provide the best defense as. Uh, as he has in the past, I don't know if the continuity uh, factor is there. Uh, yeah, I, right now, I, I mean, I, I picked Dallas as a sleeper. I'm, I'm picking them as the number two team to beat. Memphis is just too young, for, in my opinion. You know, they're too. They've they've done a great job with, with Jaw uh, being injured, oh. and but to me, that just tells you that you know, if you have a bit, if your record is better without that superstar. <laughs> I mean, something must be wrong. Chemistry must be a little off on top of that. Well, that, they, but they, I mean, they were good with him. They did. They've been lights out without him. I just think it's just been. A, it's a remarkable story. Yeah. It is a remarkable story. So, although I think they could be someone that could get knocked out in the first round, like it wouldn't shock me if the Clippers play them. That the Clippers knock them out, like the Clippers went on a run last year. Um, but every time you dealt them, they keep winning. You know, they keep winning and winning and winning. So it's, uh, I still think it's going to be Phoenix's uh, race to run. I would be really, really surprised if anyone puts up that much of a resistance. So that's the NBA playoffs. So by the time we record the next week's show, we'll definitely have the first round set. The play-in games will have been completed. uh, And then we should have a really good feel for what the playoffs are truly going to look like 
going forward. Now, in football, there is not a whole lot that really happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you were mentioning off the air that the, really the biggest news of the week was Bruce, Bruce, Arians, Bruce Arians getting knocked upstairs um, and then having Todd Bowles take over as the head coach. Power of Tom Brady. <laughs> the power of Tom Brady. I mean, Bruce Arians is just a, an aloof personality, and he yeah. called out Tom Brady a number of times. Um, and maybe that was one of the reasons Tom Brady walked away. And somehow they figured out that he was going to be able to get rid of Bruce Arians, and then he comes back. So little surprise they went with Todd Bowles. Glad they went with one of their assistant coaches, though, because it was another black hire. I thought with Brady there, they would go leftwich. And they would go with the offensive coach. But maybe from their perspective, Leftwich and Brady can run the offense. And, and Brady has a good relationship with him. And Bowes can take control of the entire team and focus on the defense. So um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, it, well, I'll tell you this. You're 100% correct on, on Brady if Antonio Brown comes back. If he comes back, that's a Brady move. And we know if he comes back, then the, then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers deserve what they get. I mean, they deserve what they get. So it was a pretty soft week in the NFL. Our, as we talked about last week, our draft show will be in two weeks. Right. Where we'll break down um, the mock draft for you and tell you exactly who's going to go in the, in the first round to all of these teams. Major League Baseball, Ernie. Major okay. League Baseball started this week. And in my closing thought, I'm going to go through who I believe is going to win each division, who will be the wild cards, who will be the league champions, and who will eventually get there. But as a Dodger fan, I'm excited to start the season to put last year's ending, that memory, out into the pasture. Because <laughs> that just didn't end well in Atlanta last year. And the, and the Dodgers are stacked offensively. Pitching-wise, they have some weaknesses. But uh, your thoughts on the Major League Baseball season? Your Cardinals look strong. Yeah, they look they look good. I mean, I, I, I like what I like what they've they've, they've kept and uh, you know their projections. But my thing, uh, going back to to your Dodgers, when have they not looked good on paper? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they've been in the playoffs nine years in a row. Last year was the first year they didn't win the West in nine years, and they still won 106 games. Uh, but. San Fran won 107, you know, so they came in second last year. So the Dodgers are always going to be there. It's going to come down to do they have enough pitching at the end of the year right. to win the chip. Dave Roberts went out on a limb and guaranteed that the Dodgers are going to win the championship this year. That comes with a three-year contract extension. So he's not afraid so he can make these guarantees. And I like it. I mean, I like it. It's a, it's a vet, veteran-ridden team. Everyone's going to be shooting for the Dodgers. But hey... Let's go. Let's go. But I love the Cardinals. I mean, offensively, they are loaded. You know, and they re-sign Albert Pujols. I'm really happy that he's going to end his career where it Me started. Too. Me too. You know, now that the, the National League has a DH, he'll be able to get some at-bats. A lot of at-bats, probably. But they're offensively, they're loaded. But, D, but pitching-wise, little suspect. Can Flaherty bounce back? Can Wainwright at his age really be... The AC pitched well in, in game one, but can he carry it through the season? I think that's going to be the question that the St. Louis Cardinals are going to have to answer. But I really like them at, at this point. Yeah, I definitely I, have them winning that division. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's going to come down to if, if Marmol was, uh, you know, their new manager was the correct hire and, 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 and how he puts these pieces together. Again, how he makes this roster gel. You know, I mean, you can always have a, you can score 
seven, eight runs, but if you if, if you allow nine, ten, it, it's for not. Yeah. Know? So it, it's it's a matter of mixing things up, you know, getting the timely, getting getting those timely hits out there, you know. So, Marmo, this is your chance. Don't blow it. <laughs> and then, I mean, you're talking about the swan song for for legendary Cardinals. I mean, Wainwright, Pujols, and Yadier Molina. You know, you're talking about Molina and Pujols who end up in the Hall of Fame. I believe that. I don't think Wainwright will, but he's certainly been one that's had a very, very proud career, especially as a St. Louis Cardinal. Well, if he screws up in the meeting, I look for Molina to actually take take control. I believe he can become a player coach. Maybe he does some some you know some magical things there, but uh, it remains to be seen. I mean, I'm I'm always you know sitting on the sidelines waiting until at least the first until after the All Star break. Come see where everything settles down, and then I go, you know, make Then my you push. pay attention. Then I, then I make my push. Okay, so what I'm going to do, gang, is I'm going to run through this pretty quickly, and then I'll ask Ernie if he has any disagreements or anything that comes to mind. So in the American League, I believe that the division winners will be the Boston Red Sox, barely over the Toronto Blue Jays. See, so that's the division where I, I think the, the Red Sox and the Blue Jays are going to battle all year. The Rays always find a way. But the Yankees, I believe, are going to finish in fourth because as much as they have those big bats, those big bats are always injured and they did nothing to improve their pitching. So I believe the Yankees are going to finish fourth in their own division. All you Yankee fans, that's my prediction. I believe the White Sox will roll in the central and those cheaters, I mean the Houston Astros, will find a way to continue to win the uh, American League West. Now in the wild card, there's going to be two more two wild cards uh, this year. So I believe Toronto is going to get in and I believe Tampa is going to get in. So I believe the American League East is going to have three teams in, in the playoffs this year. That would be how I see that happening. And then I believe that the Chicago White Sox are going to win the American League pennant. They're offensively, they're loaded. They have Tim Anderson, they have Lewis Roberts, they have Jose Abreu, a former MVP. They've added AJ Pollock from the from the Dodgers. Eloy Jimenez is is healthy. Um, I think they're going to put up a ton of runs, and their pitching staff is the best with Lance Lynn and Giolito. Uh, their bullpen, they have the best closer in the American League in Hendricks. I think this is the year the White Sox get to the World Series. So that's how I see the American League. In the National League, I kind of alluded to some of my picks already. I believe the Cardinals roll through the Central. I believe the Dodgers will win the West. And I believe the Philadelphia Phillies are going to knock off the Atlanta Braves and the much more hyped Mets to win the National League East. I believe with the Mets, you have DeGrom that's already injured. He has a a, a scapula injury that could take him months to come back from. Scherzer is old. Can he really last for an entire season? And then offensively, they have some horses, but can they bounce back? Lindor was very disappointing last year. I believe you added Castileos to go with the MVP Bryce Harper. Um, That team is loaded. I think Philadelphia wins the National League East. And then in the playoffs, the wild cards, I believe, will be the defending champion Atlanta Braves. I believe they'll come in second in the East and make the wild card. And I believe the San Francisco Giants will make the wild card as well. I believe the Dodgers will win the National League Championship. And of course, I believe the Dodgers will win the World Series four (laughs) games to three over the Chicago White Sox. Thoughts, Ernie, on my completely objective analysis. 
Uh, where, where, where do you put your rivals, the San Diego Padres and the San Francisco Giants? Well, the Giants I have making the playoffs. I believe the Giants are going to finish second. I believe the Padres are going to finish third. They're without Fernando Tatis for the first three months. The guy is one of the best players in baseball. So right. you take away him from the Padres for three months. That's going to be a challenge for them to overcome at least three months. Right. His injury was so severe, it could cost him the entire year. Uh, if he comes back healthy, then they'll probably make a push towards the end of the year. But without Fernando Tatis, that's a big loss. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and the magic that the, the Giants had, I mean... Can they duplicate that? Yeah, that's, that's the key. That's the thing. That's the thing. Because on paper, it didn't look like they... Sh that they it looked like they... Mightily overachieved. They did. They yeah. they did mightily overachieve. You know, but, but they, they, but were, they won one hundred seven games. Exactly. It's I mean, crazy that, to me that I mean overachieving and winning one hundred seven games. I mean, to me, that, they, they that, had to have done something they, right. It seemed must, like everything went well. Yeah. They got all the clutch hits. So they got great exactly, pitching. Exactly. So what? What is underachieving? One hundred and two games. You know what? If they can get close to hundred wins, I'd be surprised. They lose uh, their ace last year. Kevin Galsman is now in the Toronto. They signed Carlos Rodon from the from the White Sox. Tremendous talent, but arm problems last year. Can he pitch a a, a full season? But that Logan Webb. I love that kid. I mean, that kid is nails. He's a dominant pitcher with the changeup being that pitch. I think he's going to win the National League Cy Young this year. That's mm. that's my... Nah, I can't pick a giant to win the <laughs> National League Cy Young. No, I, I do. I mean, I think the, the kid showed me so much down the stretch, pitching every single clutch game, giving the, my Dodgers fits, shutting them out in the first game, basically shutting them out in the last game we just got one run late to knock them off but um i see the giants being there again yeah. i mean they really proved to me last year that they can they can do it but on the flip side it wouldn't shock me if they drop back down when everything doesn't go right again you're not winning every one run game you know maybe they drop back down but i gotta give them credit they 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 won 107 games so i gotta think that they're gonna be in the hunt. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to find ways to knock off the... The Dodgers? The Dodgers. Yeah, they beat my Cardinals last I think year. the Cardinals... <laughs> I, I, I think the Cardinals are the biggest threat to the Dodgers. I really do. And I have my... I don't believe this year's Dodger team is as good as last year's Dodger team from the standpoint of Bueller's going to be the ace. Urias won 20 games last year. Those two are going to be fine. But our third pitcher is Clayton Kershaw, who hasn't been able to pitch a full season in a while. Uh, he's healthy now, but are we really going to get more than 18 to 20 starts from him? That's the number three pitcher. Then we got Andrew Haney, who we brought in from the Angels. He's done nothing but get lit up all spring training, so I don't have a whole lot of confidence in him with his six ERA last year with the Angels and the Yankees. And then we have Tony Gonsolin in our fifth spot. That is not the formidable rotation that the Dodgers could throw out last year with Bueller and Scherzer or before that Bauer. Uh, Bauer's still on our roster, but he's not going to pitch for the Dodgers anymore. The Dodgers don't want him, and I think they're going to just keep him on this list uh, until his contract is up. They'll have to pay him. They're going to pay him not to play, but I think that's what they're willing to do. But I really, I think the Dodgers bullpen is going to be dominant, but do they have enough starting pitching? In the regular season, I think they'll win over 100 games. But in the playoffs, I'm a little bit worried that what happened last year where they yeah, ran out of gas, Bueller ran out of gas, yeah, Scherzer ran out of gas, yeah. they all ran out of gas. Yeah. Um, 
I'm afraid that may happen again. Yeah, we saw we we, we saw that the chinks in, in the armor, eh? you know, and and on paper it looked it looked definitely looked formidable. I mean, we, the the. Dog- I love that we have Freddie Freeman now because the guy is clutch. But I think offensively the Dodgers are going to come down to is Mookie Betts healthy again and and i always worry about people who deal with hip injuries as somebody who has had a hip injury when i start to hear somebody's battling hip problems you're just not the same anymore it's not something that just goes away and gives you all the flexibility again and if you take away his speed that affects his defense it affects his running um we need mookie to be mookie you know because he's the straw that stirs the dodgers up at the top of the lineup and if he does it because um bellinger oh my goodness i thought he was gonna bounce back after the late playoffs last year this year first 16 at bats in spring training 13 strikeouts i could do that ernie i could do that i could strike out 13 times and he was missing the ball by a mile he seems to be a complete mess um so it's gonna be right now there's no pitching uh that's hitting in the national league Bellinger will be acting like a pitcher for us because his defense is so good. <laughs> They're going to leave him in the lineup, but at the end of the day, the guy's going to have to be able to hit. Yeah, right he, now, he can't do it. Yeah, he, need, he needs a wake-up call. He, need, he definitely needs a wake-up call. Maybe, I can, maybe we can get Will Smith to slap slap it in the face and he wakes up or something well maybe because <laughs> we do have a will smith on our team he is our catcher so that may work all right gang that wraps up this week we talked a little bit about baseball we talked a lot about the nba playoffs um we mentioned briefly what's going on uh in the nfl we talked a little bit about ernie's North Carolina Tar Heels falling three points short of a national championship. And we spent a lot of time talking about the remarkable, remarkable comeback of a one Tiger Woods. After two rounds, he's plus one in the top 20, eight shots off the lead. Can he pull through over the weekend? I, for one, hope so, Ernie. Me too. Me too, Mm -hmm. Donald. That'll make that'll be actually the that'll be top of the news if he does if he's even in contention that'll be top of the news. I absolutely will. So Tiger, you go for it now, gang. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to talk about. Tell us your thoughts on Tiger. Is this the greatest comeback? If he were to win the Masters, would that be the greatest comeback in the history? Tell me what you think. Is this year's Lakers team the most disappointing sports team in the world in history? I want to know what your thoughts are. (laughs) But until next week, the Sports Rivals appreciate you and we are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear.